yeah, these first three weeks are all courses that I really enjoy playing, uh, which is obviously a good scenario coming out of a big break. So uh, I feel like I got some rust off in the last couple weeks and just trying to continue to progress. It's nice to go back to places where you have really good memories to draw back on, hit a lot of good shots, uh, and obviously a place that you win is always nice coming up the 18th hole and remembering the shot to win in the playoffs. So uh, that was the coolest shot I've ever hit in a PGA Tour event. So it's, I, I played it today. It was really, I always just go right back in the bunker and, you know, and try it every time I'm there. And probably uh, some of the best crowd reactions that we've ever seen when that happened uh, there at the Travelers Championship. Talk a little bit about the uh, not having fans this week and how different that will be at this event. Yeah, this one uh, this one will be as noticeable for me as uh, as Colonial was. I feel like the support, obviously, at home is is massive, but uh, in general here, you have uh, just some of the the loudest and and biggest and uh, and best crowds of the of of any tournament that we see on the PGA Tour. So I think it'll be um, you know it's a bit of a shame, obviously, the, you know, all, but. The fact that we're able to play, I think, is great. It's great to still come back to this area and be able to play this golf course. Travelers has been one of the longest uh, title sponsors of the uh, PGA Tour events going back into the early 50s. So it's it's awesome to be back here uh, and, and able to help support them. Uh, it helps support charity. So even though the fans aren't here, uh, the rest of it is about as good as it can get. Okay, thanks, Jordan. We will open it up to uh, questions, and we'll start with Diane Knox from PGA Tour Live. Hi, Jordan. Um, obviously, you touched on the um, the 2017 iconic moment, and it really is one of the most iconic moments in Travelers history. You know, the the bunker shot, and then the celebration afterwards. Do you watch that back when you come here to kind of like up the momentum? Yeah, it's typically played back, uh, whether it's you know in the media center or it's um, certain one-offs or reposts or something like that. Uh, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it never gets old. I have not gotten tired of watching that video. And I'm, I mean, very, I obviously remember exactly or vividly what it was like and how it felt and, uh, the, the drowning noise that happened, that, that kind of the blackout moment when it went in. And I don't think I've, I'm not one to really throw clubs, you know, I'll hit, slam one into the ground every now and then. I don't normally throw clubs, especially gripping it on the shaft and throwing it. Um, so I don't really know where that came from, but clearly it was just a rush of emotions and, um, and what an amphitheater setting on that 18th hole. I, I mean, I couldn't have imagined something like that anywhere else. It was, uh, it was electric to say the least. And, um, I went over to Daniel before he went to his playoff at Colonial and said, don't worry, Berger, it's not me. You'll be fine. And, uh, and just as a joke, and um, and I think he just kind of laughed, and uh, and certainly got got his own back um, in that scenario. Or you know he was able to win in a playoff there. So uh, yeah, that was one where kind of stole it from him there. But then it was nice to see him get one back. What about um, you talked about why this tournament's so special to you and the charitable involvement for travelers? But you know, obviously, the strength of field this week is amazing. What makes it such a highlight for so many guys on tour? I think the back nine is just you know you can you can really go low on the back nine. Lots of risk reward. Uh, it's a really fun golf course to play because if you're on, you got a lot of looks at birdie and even could have a couple looks at eagle. 
and I, yeah, just it's just such a great mix of shots when you get to really number eight through 18 uh, that require working the ball both directions, a lot of precision with wedges. Uh, but you, you've seen, um, who was it? Was it uh, Streelman birdie the last seven to win one year? Um, you also you have a lot of fireworks that come down in the last three holes almost every single year. So it, when that starts to happen year after year, players watch this tournament, those that are and aren't playing. And I mean, I know I did. I didn't play the tournament for a number of years. And then it just seemed to be so much fun for everybody at the end. And, and the first year I played it, uh, it certainly was that for me. So uh, I think that, that has to do with it. Also, the fact that it's the third week back after a long break. You know, guys have been anxious to play, and I think you're going to continue to see these fields through the rest of the season. And then very quickly, the 15 and a half hole, hitting that umbrella, have you ever done it before? Oh, yeah, I guess I did hit it on the green today. I, I, don't, I, I don't know if I've even hit the shot every year. I normally have Michael do it. I wrote his name on, the, on, the, on my shots, too. Um, but, yeah, I hit, it, I hit it today, so I guess I can take that as some confidence. Michael's hit it um, a number of years. Uh, he normally actually gets it on. Uh, but, you know, that's even more fun on the practice rounds when you have people there, too, that are all talking smack. And we just played it by ourselves this morning, but um, always a fun shot. Amazing. Thank you so much for your time. Sure. Okay, let's go to Mark Canazero with the New York Post. Hey, Jordan, thanks for taking the time to do this. Um, I just had two questions uh, unrelated, one of which was, was, you know, very much the last couple of weeks, the last couple starts, um, this for a lot of attention on Bryson and kind of the new hulked up, bulked up uh, uh, Bryson. I'm kind of curious, you know, as to what your impression has been, you know, from what you've seen of him and, uh, you know, he's been in the mix the last two weeks as well. Yeah, I think he's an extremely talented player. So I think whether he was 150 pounds or 250 pounds, He's likely to be in contention a lot because of the talent and the work ethic that he has. Um, clearly, he's added a lot of it, a lot of speed, and it seems uh, the last couple of weeks, from what I've seen, he's hitting it very accurately too on two of the tightest golf courses and the narrowest fairways that we play all season. Uh, so when you, I think the advantage um, for him will not be on the last two weeks those types of golf courses. It's going to be on your bigger golf courses. And, and ones where you have a little more kind of open space to, to move the ball. Um, so I, I think the best is, is coming for him um, based on where he's at. I don't know the, the science of it all. Clearly he does. I don't know, you know, at certain speeds you, you have to be really strong, really mobile. Um, you also kind of have to have really kind of the Tom Brady kind of soft tissue to be able to, it seems, hold that kind of speed. Um, but obviously if he feels good and he's continuing to ramp it up, um, that mass helps him absorb um, that kind of torque within his golf swing. I mean, if I swung that fast right now, uh, I would probably be injured, but clearly I'm not at the same weight. I'm not in the same fighting class that he is right now. And unrelated to that, there's been a report uh, that looks like they're going to postpone the Ryder Cup until 2021. And as somebody who's been passionately involved in that, um, you know, with the fans and whatnot. If that comes to fruition, do you feel like that's the right thing to do, uh, given the fact that there probably would not be fans involved, which certainly bothers I think the Ryder Cup, I think the Ryder Cup would be very difficult without fans. I think if the players voted to have it without fans or to be able to postpone one year, two years, or whatever it may be, uh, to allow for fans, I think that they would go for postponement. 
uh, I, I think it would be uh, I think it would be everybody would vote for postponement, especially the Americans being on home soil. Uh, the tricky part is then you go into a President's Cup year, and so I think uh, I know I know for a fact it's not that's that's not certain yet. Um, those are rumors, uh, but I know that uh, um, the one thing I would say about it is that I would I would rather wait and play with fans than play without fans and enforce a Ryder Cup this year. Did you come close to jarring the uh, the sand shop today? Uh, I just put it. There was a T there, you know, in the same yeah. position. So I, I, yeah, I mean, probably. I mean, it, you just kind of. It's an easy shot. Yeah. <laughs> not, don't remind Berger of it too often. So. I do as often as I can. Thanks, man. I'll see you after this yeah, week. Yeah, sounds good. Okay, let's go to you and Murray with the Guardian. Thank you. Hi, Jordan. Good to see you. Um, you too. I don't want to age you, but, but it feels like yesterday that we were talking about you as part of an exciting young group of players with Justin, with Ricky, with Rory. Um, now, if you look at Matthew Wolf, Colin Morikawa, Victor Hovland, it feels a bit like the same discussion is happening again. Is that fair? And how excited should, should we be about the, the three of those guys um, in particular? Yeah, I think you left Colin Morikawa out. Not that you meant to, um, but he's a guy I mean, who you'd look out for. He's He's... Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's certainly a number of them. John Rahm, you could put in the younger category too. Uh, it, it, and and I've been at this is my eighth year, so you're not. I I, I don't feel like um, like the first couple of years anymore. It certainly feels very different. Uh, and, and yeah, I think the game is getting better, younger. Um, you're seeing guys in their early 20s, a number of them in the top 10 on a Sunday. Uh, guys that are not afraid to shoot 63, 62 on the weekends of tournaments. Um, I, I don't think that's going to be going away. I think it'll be interesting to see once we have all these major championships how um, how that affects uh, the younger guys, what kind of adjustments they made. I know I had to make adjustments after my first few in how I was approaching them, especially on the weekend in contention. Uh, without fans, I think that becomes a lot easier. I think without fans, it's it's in general, it's easier to win on the PGA Tour without fans is, is um, what I've seen the first couple weeks. Um, just without you just you're just it's, it's easier to just be zoned in on pure golf um, but I think with these young with these younger guys it'll be interesting to see who kind of can maybe break away in in the majors and and make a significant impact and we're going to have looks like seven of them in 12 months to to get a good idea because they're certainly not too young to be able to um, to be there on a Sunday afternoon so and they're very much talented enough so um, I think that'll be kind of the big tell on what'll ultimately um, kind of write, you know, another chapter like we've seen over the last, you know, five, six years. Is there any reason it would be easier for these guys now coming out versus five years ago or 10 years ago, given what some of them do and coming out before they come out? Or I felt more prepared, I think, than guys maybe five to 10 years ahead of me just off of co the, the quality of the college and amateur golf, the golf courses that you're playing the accessibility within different junior tours to draw in the best talent from around the world uh, versus 10 years before me. And I know it's only gotten better since. So I think guys are being able to not only just see the people that are within the states or countries that, uh, that, they're, that they grow up in, but also being able to now uh, compete with those that they see on the rankings that are from around the world on a tournament by tournament basis, almost like a, a PGA Tour scenario within these junior golf, this, the AJGA invitational events and then into 
college golf being very international and same with amateur golf. I think I just think in general the courses and the competition have gotten uh, both tougher uh, that allow the transition to the PGA Tour to be a bit easier. Thank you. Okay, let's go to Ben Everill with PGATour.com. Thanks, mate. Oh, sorry about the light there. Um, I'm going to springboard off what you were talking about with the young stars. I know it wasn't part of your journey specifically with the Travellers, but they have a history of giving their sponsors invites to young, young up-and-coming stars. We'll see that again this week. Uh, how important do you think that is that tournaments sort of do give some of those spots to these uh, guys that are on their way up? And, and what was it like when the Nelson did that for you, and, you know, for experience-wise? I think it's great. I think it's... Um... I think the tour looking more towards the future than looking back is, is only going to be beneficial. Uh, last week I saw a couple of uh, college players uh, teeing it up. Uh, I know the John Deere historically, they did, they did to me, they've been probably the number one tournament at giving college players uh, an option. Uh, it's great that it's happening here as well. All in all, for me, I mean that that did wonders for me when I was 16. I, I had no idea how I compared to uh, the, the the professional game, and I was able to tell. Yeah, I, I played well, but whether I played well or not, it's how I was. Uh, what when I was watching guys practice, when I was playing practice rounds and watching what they're doing in practice rounds, how they're preparing, um, you know, where their risk reward, kind of how they're weighing their options. Um, I was learning a lot within just a, a week. Um, and I would advise those that are getting these exemptions to play practice rounds with other guys, uh, try and ask a bunch of questions because guys are open um, to talking out here. It's, it's especially, um, you know, for me, I had, a, I had a whole bunch of role models that were, uh, that were open and willing to help in my first few years that made the transition very easy. Cheers. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. Sure. Okay. Let's go to Bill Pennington with the New York Times. Uh, Jordan, I apologize that this was asked before I uh, uh, joined the call. Um, uh, I was curious if there were any additional conversations uh, about uh, the health protocols at the tourist policy board level uh, in the days after Nick Watney's positive test. Yeah, we've been we've we've made it. Uh, we've had calls every Monday. Uh, so we had one after Colonial, and then we just had one yesterday. And uh, I think. It's going to. We're going to make continue to make minor adjustments. I think, you know, the idea of extra testing has has come around. The idea of um, mandatory tests for anyone who was even within six feet, whether they made physical contact with somebody who had a positive test, uh, making those kind of mandatory because the testing is very very easy. It goes very quickly. Um, sure, it's uncomfortable for a second, but uh, being able to mitigate the risk is the number one priority. Uh, we've looked into uh, having dinner options so that you don't have to go grab to-go food to keep the bubble even smaller. There are, there are adjustments that are, con that are being talked about and, and will be, uh, they'll be made as we move on. When we run into potentially having fans, that'll change things up a bit too. Um, so it's, it's certainly changing uh, and it's something that it's a plan to work on every single week. Uh, I think with Nick, the fact that there were no other uh, positive tests was, was, was huge, uh, clearly. Um, but the idea that the systems in place allowed for him to test negative on a Tuesday, somehow contract the virus by Friday, 
but not spread it to anyone, including the people he's staying with, means that there was something done right with what was enforced at the golf course and how Nick was approaching it as well. And I know he was one of the safest individuals from day one. Um, so it's kind of unfortunate that it happened to be him. But uh, uh, to answer your question, yes, this is, uh, these are things we're continuing to talk about every single week. And you would expect some of these things would be implemented like piecemeal as, as time goes on? Yeah, and even uh, even acting on a couple of them by today and tomorrow, different adjustments that'll be um, sent that'll that'll go out to the membership, uh, and, and it's going to be these responses can be very immediate. And again, it's they're minor adjustments because overall we've seen the system actually go very well so far. Uh, and until that changes, they're going to be just little things that make it even even safer uh, and potentially. Uh, yeah, any way to mitigate the risk. Great. Okay, thanks. Sure. Okay, we've got time for just a couple more. Let's go to Daniel Rappaport with Golf Digest. Hey, Jordan, I'm curious. You've now played two events with no fans. Obviously, it's a difference from an atmosphere perspective, but I'm curious if anything has struck out to you, but what's been different from maybe a more X's and O's perspective, whether it's different angles into greens, you know, no grandstands, or maybe even pace of play. It was a little surprising that the guys were able to finish last week after the stoppage. Um, so, so what's kind of stuck out to you after, after two weeks of this uh, new normal? Yeah, it's a good question. I think, uh, I think that it, it, it almost is a little bit, uh, it can be a little bit more challenging uh, through the entire round to zero in on specific targets. You're used to having grandstands you can line up. It just provides more, uh, more targets in the background to, you know, whether it's off the tee and you find you find something in the distance. Um, someone's got a neon shirt on, and you're like, yeah, I like dropping it on that line. Well, now you got to kind of talk through exactly where you're trying to hit it um, a little bit more. Uh, and then it, it, it's it's just bizarre. I mean, when I got onto the 15th tee here today, it, I could see the clubhouse. I can't remember ever seeing the clubhouse and you're normally used to seeing thousands and thousands of fans too. So it just visually has a very different look to it. Um, and the only adjustment I would say with X's and O's is that one, if you're hitting one through the fairway and you're used to potentially it, it being stopped by hitting a spectator, it's likely gonna go further offline. So you gotta kind of hit it a little straighter. Um, and then second off, just maybe a little bit on kind of the visualization, trying to pick out targets. but. Most of the time, um, there's something else, you know, a tree or something you can aim at. So uh, it, it's 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 minor. It's not much with the X's nose. And sorry, just a quick follow. Do you anticipate it being the difference being heightened or exacerbated at, at, at a major when there'll be no fans at a major now? I don't think that'll change the X's and O's a ton. But again, like I, I actually mentioned earlier, I actually think uh, it helps those who haven't. I would, I would imagine, now I, clearly there's no way of measuring this uh, ha having not played a major yet, but I would imagine it would be easier to win kind of for your first time in a major without fans uh, just because the atmosphere, it just, it's this Saturday, Sunday, I mean, I, I was, a, I'm in Colonial, I was in contention Saturday, Sunday, and it felt like I was playing Thursday's round. It felt no different. Um, it was... You start. You kind of know where you are by looking at the scoreboard, but without any fans and uh, and roars and that kind of stuff that uh, that make an impact, and then the settings on the last few holes that you normally get at tour events, 
it's uh, it's very much different, and I would find it probably very. I would think it's it, it's more comfortable uh, coming down the stretch than than it would normally be. Thanks, Jordan. Sure. Okay, let's go to uh, Adam Shupak uh, for our final question. Hey, Jordan, I, I kind of think of you as, as sneaky long, but at any point did you feel uh, that you needed to chase distance, and how did you go about doing that? No, in an ideal world, I'd hit 10% more fairways, and that's all I'd care about. Um, that's I've been in the top 10, 15 in total driving or, or strokes gain driving. I think my rookie year was maybe the only year I was in the top 20 and I hit it a lot shorter. I hit it a decent amount shorter than I did now. I just hit a lot more fairways. Um, so no, I've never, I've tried to get stronger and more mobile just from an injury prevention standpoint and a stability through my golf swing standpoint, but not in order to chase distance. And in the process, I have gained speed over the last few years, uh, uh, but with no intention to. Do you think we'll see more players trying to do what Bryson's been doing? I think that uh, I think you already have. Uh, I think Bryson certainly is on a different level, but I think guys going to the gym changed from Tiger. From Tiger, uh, and I think that you know, I mean, look at Brooks, right? I mean, look at um, DJ. I mean, these they're 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 athletic. They're very very strong. Um, Rory's a gym rat. He's not a huge guy, but he has a ton of speed. I think training speed will be something that you'll continue to see, especially, uh, I mean, my I, I, one thing I'd really like to see with golf courses is to grow rough up. I don't think it's that difficult to continue to grow rough up. And if the rough's down, all you got to do is hit it really far. And it's almost better coming out of short rough than it is out of the fairway. You can control the spin. So um, distance is a massive advantage right now when the rough can, is down at a lot of golf courses like it was last week. This week has some rough. Um, and certainly the major championships other than Augusta, uh, you know, you see plenty of hay and rough. So um, I think on a week-to-week basis, it's a huge, huge advantage. But in the biggest events, uh, it's about golfing your ball, hitting a combination of obviously having enough distance to have short clubs in the greens, but, um, but most importantly, hitting fairways. And what was your takeaway from your performance last week? Yeah, I thought that uh, it was weird. I actually thought that I, my swing and my putting stroke actually felt better than the week before, but um, I really, really struggled on the greens and around the greens last week to, to hit it hard enough. I left everything short, whether it's a chip or a putt, and I lost you know 10 strokes compared to the week before to the field on and around the greens. So I'm just trying to progress uh, my swing along. It continues to feel better each week. Um, it's in a position where I think I can win with it, uh, and then just dialing in, you know, the control on and around the greens, which is normally not as much of a problem for me uh, as we adjust back to a lot faster paced greens here and a different type of grass. It's likely that the world's greatest links golf courses will be the reason you will want to plan a trip to Ireland. And with over 400 courses to choose from, you're sure to find whatever you seek. But Ireland is about even more than great golf. In this ancient land, the past works hand in hand with the present from cultural sites to castle ruins. Stay in a country B&B or a luxury hotel and spa. Enjoy inspiring local culinary choices, a pint and music at a cozy pub. But most of all, enjoy the warmth and hospitality of the Irish people who will make you feel that you haven't traveled from home, but have returned to it. Visit Ireland.com to get started.
Come to where history meets luxury at the family-friendly French Lick Springs Hotel, where there is something for everyone, from kids' fest to shopping, bowling, golf, and other outdoor activities. Or at the West Baden Springs Hotel, you can wrap yourself in old-world elegance, visit our luxurious spa, indulge in an afternoon tea, a historic tour, and multiple sophisticated dining options. Then, finish your day with a cozy carriage ride before turning in for sweet dreams. Only this isn't a dream. Visit FrenchLick.com to plan your vacation today. At FootJoy, they know the swing starts from the ground up, so you can take on those uphill, downhill, and sidehill lies. That's why FJ provides footwear that you need for superior traction and stability on every shot. Whether it's the all-new Pro SL, the hottest shoe on tour, or the max performance of the all-new Tour X, the all-around comfort and performance of FJ Fury, FJ offers a shoe for every player because finding the right shoe for your game matters. Shop now at FootJoy.com. Tour Edge continues their meteoric rise in 2020. Over 90 different tour pros have put Tour Edge into their bag, including staffers Scott McCarron, Tom Lehman, Tim Petrovic, and Duffy Waldorf. Tour Edge makes clubs for every player type, and they set themselves apart with their unprecedented 48-hour delivery on custom-fit orders and by offering a lifetime warranty and by building their clubs in the good old US of A. Visit TourEdge.com to learn more about their new clubs for 2020. Tour Edge, pound for pound, nothing comes close. Boyne Golf provides the ultimate world-class golf destination with 10 championship-caliber courses spanning three resorts. Centered in Michigan's northern Lower Peninsula, the courses are the products of some of the game's masters, including Robert Trent Jones Sr., Arthur Hills, and Donald Ross. From the all-inclusive vacation packages, elite instruction with the Boyne Golf Academy, tournaments, and so much more, Boyne Golf truly offers an unrivaled Michigan golf vacation experience. Just log on to BoyneGolf.com and take in all the splendor that is a golf experience unlike any other. TheGolfTravelGroup.com is a luxury golf tour operator that specializes in custom travel itineraries to Scotland, Ireland, England, Wales, Iceland, New Zealand, Australia, South Africa, and more. Guaranteed advanced tea times, incredible accommodations, airport meet and greet services, private guided tours and private drivers, all in luxury vehicles, and they have a staff that's been doing it forever. TheGolfTravelGroup.com Wearing the right golf shoe matters. That's why FootJoy offers more styles of shoes for more types of players than anybody else. So you can get matched with the right golf shoe for your game on FootJoy.com with the FJ Shoe Finder. By answering a few short questions, you can find the shoe that fits your playing style and preference. Whether you walk or ride, prefer cleated or spikeless, ultra-stable or flexible. If you need a narrow or wide or extra wide, FootJoy offers the most styles for the most players and can match you with the golf shoe that's right for you. Does your golf shoe match your game? Find out with the FJ Shoe Finder. Visit FootJoy.com slash Shoe Finder today. I'm Tiger Woods, and I chose Bridgetone. I wanted to be with a company that I knew, and then on top of that, I made superior product, so I did. I came back, and I started playing with the Bridgetone Tour BXS, and it's allowed me to maintain the spin and the feel I like around the greens, especially my short irons, but also have that penetrating flight through the wind. The aerodynamics have been phenomenal. I know the quality that Bridgestone has, R&D that's available to them, and what they were able to create that helped me win golf tournaments. 
Nestled amongst the hills of the Hoosier National Forest resides a classic American destination, the French Lick Resort. Experience the ultimate in golf at the Pete Dye Course at French Lick, voted number one course in Indiana on Golf Week's Best You Can Play for 10 years in a row. The Donald Ross Course at French Lick has been named Indiana's number two course in Golf Week's Best You Can Play rankings every year since 2011. Come experience old world opulence amid modern comfort served with Midwestern charm. Visit FrenchLick.com. What's your bucket list destination? Where have you always wanted to go? What's the number one thing that holds people back from doing that? It's fear of logistics. I don't know where to stay. I don't know how to get tea times. I don't know where to go. I don't know who should take me there. Well, I'll tell you who knows the answer to all those questions. TheGolfTravelGroup.com. That's why the Fairways of Life show has aligned ourselves with these experts. And is there some place you want to go, like the Open or a President's Cup or a Ryder Cup? They can take care of that as well. What is your golf bucket list? Where do you want to go? Do it with thegolftravelgroup.com. At Ben Hogan Golf, we manufacture some of the finest golf equipment in the world in our small factory in Fort Worth, Texas. That's because we build each club by hand using the same process Mr. Hogan created when he started his company 65 years ago. We call it micromanufacturing, no mass production, and no shortcuts. Visit BenHoganGolf.com to learn more about our tour quality products and factory direct prices. It's time for you to discover Streamsong, a new kind of resort that takes the everyday ordinary to the absolutely extraordinary. Three internationally acclaimed link style courses by golf architecture's iconic foursome of Gil Hans, Tom Dope, Bill Core, and Ben Crenshaw that provide a golf experience distinguished as unlike any you've ever had before with undulating fairways navigating through wild grasses and deep water ponds and lakes towering sand dunes to find the unexpected experience of playing golf at Streamsong, the ultimate legendary golf destination set apart by the unexpected streamsongresort.com